0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Turner's Digest. My name is Alex, otherwise known as Fear the Z. And in new tradition, I'm going to start the episode by saying a disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please consult a professional. This isn't tax advice either. This is all for entertainment, entertainment purposes only. But please enjoy. First things first, as we discussed last week, there is a Patreon now and Huge shout out to Cleed. Um, I made a joke tier called the Cleed tier and he decided to sign up for it. So big shout out to him. I said that I would shout out anybody that decides to subscribe to that tier every episode. So Cleed, massive legend. Shout out to you. Thanks. Really appreciate it. And without further ado, we'll dive into it. Today is mostly just kind of Dr. Credit stuff and some updates from me, some stuff that I've applied for recently, um, and some interesting stuff that's happened to me of late. But without further ado, we can dive right into it. Um, I saw a Reddit post on R Churning that was pretty interesting. Not a post, but a comment. Um, someone went through and was showing that they made a purchase on their American Express card specifically for federal income tax payment and they had their member rewards clawed back from American Express about it and they filed a CFPB complaint and heard back and successfully American Express acknowledged that they should have received member rewards on the purchase so and that they also should have that purchase should have credited towards the minimum spend requirement for a sign-up bonus for the card which are both great precedents to be setting. I think it was already set, and it should have already been true, but American Express looks like they've been stingy, and the CFPB complaint made them be honest and do what they said they were going to do and, and honor those transactions. So if it's just a good precedence to set if you see something similar, some kind of weird functionality or some some weird behavior on member awards the American Express and not properly giving you your member, sh- your member awards for... Either a purchase or a purchase towards a sign-up bonus, specifically in the case of federal income tax payments, you should be earning member rewards. So those purchases should count towards a sign-up bonus. So if you don't get it, you can reach out to American Express, and then if they don't make it right, you can just reach out to CFPB and they'll take care of it. That's kind of a rule for anything if banks are not keeping consumers' rights in mind. like this, This user should have gotten the member rewards for their purchase. So if American Express isn't being honest there and isn't holding up to the standards that they should be, then that's what the CFPB is there for. What does CFPB actually stand for? I actually don't know. Um, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I have actually used them in the past. Um, they, they, pardon my French, they, they get shit done. Um, I've had a sign-up bonus that a bank wouldn't acknowledge and wouldn't pay out properly. I forget what bank it was. If I'm able to find it, I'll, maybe I'll I'll add it at the end of this episode or in the, the show notes or in the companion post at feartheg.wordpress.com. But I, I did file a CPB complaint report before, and within like a week, I had it resolved, and my sign-up bonus just hit my account. And I think I even had a representative from the bank call me individually, like a higher-up, one of like a, a manager or director or something, and, and apologize for the inconvenience and to say that it's been rectified so cfpb get, gets it done so if you ever have an issue don't be afraid to follow cfpb that the bank will, does not want cfpb going after them because they they have a lot of power all right next is a sign of bonus that i saw that would definitely be interesting if you don't have this or haven't gotten into the past but bank of america has a nationwide $200 sign up bonus going on. It requires a $2,000 direct deposit in 90 days. But lots of things count as a direct deposit for Bank of America. Dr. Credit has an enormous list of what does count. So I'm not going to read through here, but you most likely have an account already that will count as a direct deposit to Bank of America. And I'll I'll simple things down here if you aren't familiar, but there is technically no way in an ACH transfer to tell if it is a direct deposit or not. There isn't any additional information that comes in that transfer to tell a bank if this is a legitimate direct deposit or not. They have to either have their own database or their own way of telling. The best bank that I've seen that's able to tell this is H.M. Bradley. They they have their own internal system, which is funny here because they no longer even use that, as we'll discuss in in a little bit. But clearly, Bank of America has a horrible system because they credit just about anything. So... If you have never opened up this before, normally the public offering is $100, so $200 is fantastic. You do have to be mindful of Bank of America because they do carry fees with the account. I think there's something like you have to hold $1,500 in the account in order to not get assessed with a a maintenance fee. So if you do direct deposit $2,000 or really, if we're being honest, just transfer $2,000 from some account that counts as a direct deposit, that will qualify for the direct deposit and will meet the requirements for not having that maintenance fee be assessed. So if you have it open a Bank of America, I think it's a checking account. Yeah, it is checking out if you haven't opened a checking account with Bank of America Ford, go for it. Um, actually, it's a good question. Let me see if there's a lifetime language on this. House of limit none listed. But I currently have a Bank of America bank account. So I'm not eligible. Or if you were a signer or owner on a Bank of America personal checking account within the last 12 months. So if you closed it recently, then you will be eligible. Or if you closed it recently, you won't be eligible. But if you closed it over 12 months ago, you should be eligible. So keep that in mind. Definitely read the terms. But that's a great bonus if you're eligible. Next, we have a Chick Business Chase Business Inc. cards are back up to ninety k uh, ultimate reward points for a sign-up bonus and since cleed again shout out cleed sign up from my patreon I'm technically a business cuz I have an income and I decided to I uh, screw it I'll just apply I I've already I think I mentioned maybe episode 9 or 8 or something I need to cool on the applications but I guess I'm uh chasing that that high or that thrill of getting approved so I submitted a chase business uh inc application specifically the one that's five percent cash back on what stores are they um office supplies excuse me i'm sorry i know i'm not going to edit that out i apologize and i'm really lazy but <laughs> um the the one that offers not the chase inc unlimited chasing preferred i guess that offers five percent on office supply stores. I went and applied for there and they denied me for three reasons. Number of recent applications, which is fair, because I've applied for over 12 cards now in the past 24 months, and probably like over seven in the past, like 30 months. I and I know 524 chase, but I've heard reports that they're not assessing 524 for this card. So maybe they are. Um, The second denial reason was business structure. And the third one is insufficient business relationship. And I mean, the third one is obvious because I'm, I'm claiming I'm establishing a new business, so I won't have a business relationship. And business structure, I think that's because I, I fill out the form a little uh, unintelligently. I said that my annual income, I think, was $200 and my monthly spend was $400. So <laughs> to chase, I would be negative what is that, 4 times 12 is 48, and then minus 200 per year, so I'd be in the red $4,600. So yeah, they'd be concerned about my business structure there. Um, So I I don't know what i am got to do with that. But for now, I I got to and I definitely need to cool it. But if you have a business, and you're eligible, 90k ultimate reward points for that card seems like a pretty great deal. Next, just something that hit my account. I got a $5 PayPal payment for a Keurig coffee pod class action lawsuit It was specifically from green mountain coffee. I think I believe so. And I got $5 because I didn't have proof for purchase, but it was because they were claiming that the Keurig pods were widely recyclable when they actually weren't. And this irks me to no end. I'm someone who tries to be as little wasteful as possible i i compost and by that i mean i personally pay for a composting company to take collect my compost and compost it for me i live in the suburbs of a major city so i'm not able to compost on my own i live in an apartment complex as well so i i don't have the means to do it on my own but i i compost i recycle everything i can even though recycling is pretty much useless because like i think five or ten percent actually gets used so it's a moot point, and i'm putting all this effort nothing but I'm not going to think existentially for a second. Let's move on from that. The recycle symbol is just a flat-out lie. And them saying that the pods are recyclable is also just a flat-out lie. And it sucks that this has just been a settlement where they're just paying customers like myself $5 or something like this. I mean, I'll take the $5, but I'd rather things be put in place to avoid things like this happening in the future instead of just giving them a slap on the wrist, making them pay a fine, and, and forgetting about it. It's, it's a major problem, and I think it's really rooted in America's affinity for convenience over the right thing. And, I mean, we're getting pretty deep here, but people like the convenience is just sticking a pot in a machine and pushing a button and getting a cup of coffee, but the waste that comes from that is ridiculous. The amount of shipping you have to ship this and and the manufacturing that goes into making this little pod that has pre-ground coffee that's pre-portioned inside of a plastic container, inside of a machine that doesn't get cleaned properly and has sitting water, and it's just overall terrible. Didn't think I'd get into this side tangent, but I got five dollars from that settlement, and it kind of irked me a little bit, but I'm guess I'm happy I got my little five bucks from it. Anyway, moving on, enough ranting. As I mentioned before, there's some updates to H and Bradley. I said the H Bradley has, from what I've seen, the best direct deposit recognition system in, in the business. And it's interesting because they, they've removed that requirement. A couple months back, you didn't have to do a direct deposit in RL anymore. You just needed to deposit five hundred dollars in addition to having positive cash flow and having um I think five hundred dollars spend on the credit card in order to get their top tier four point seven percent APY on your your checking account. But they just recently published an update Where, oh, I should take that back. They were waiving that $500 credit card requirement for a while. And from what I remember, that kind of coincides with when they transferred over from their Hatch Bank to NYCB, New York Consumer Bank, I think is their new banking partner. So that's interesting. Kind of tin, tin hat theory. Maybe it has something to do with that but they were waiving the credit card purchase requirement. And just this week, they completely removed the credit card requirement entirely, as well as the positive cash flow requirement. So the only thing you have to do to satisfy their requirements to earn 4.7% APR up to, I think it's the FDIC insurance, $250,000 in the account is to just deposit $500 into the account every month does not have to stay in there. You can put it in and immediately take it out. It doesn't have to be positive cash flow. Actually, I take that back. I don't know. I Yeah. I don't know if it has to be. Like, let's say I deposit $500 and I pull out $500. The terms specifically say customers who deposit a total of at least $500 per month to their NYCB deposit account will earn 4.7% APR. So I don't think it has to be. I don't think it has to add up. I think it just has to be five hundred dollars flat, which is great. Let me pull up my account as an, as an example, and I'm using a VPN here, so HM Adrian is gonna get mad at me. But let's see. Requirements: build your savings. Deposit at least five hundred dollars into your account this month. I have, yeah, I've withdrawn at least two hundred dollars. And I've earned interest of $16.49, and that $16.49 counts as part of my deposit. And they did not subtract the $200 that I withdrew. So it does not have to be net deposits, just any deposits. $500 in, you can immediately pull it out, and you'll earn 4.7%. Going back to the other episode I had a little while ago on episode 10, I believe, deciding which bank account to use... This now has H Bradley leapfrogging almost all the other accounts. I'm still sticking with Wealthfront just because of what I mentioned before, where H Bradley isn't supported for me for Bank of America Auto Pay, which is a whole separate thing. But unfo- I, if that wasn't a thing, I would seriously consider H Bradley. The only issue being they don't offer debit cards. I can't believe they still don't offer debit cards, but they still don't offer debit cards and they don't offer checks, which also sucks. I mean, Wealthfront doesn't either, but it's just another caveat here but the hr the, is a really great account i mean i see a lot of people in dr credit talking about it, and even reddit and churning saying like there's no use for this account i, I don't see why i need it i mean 4.7 percent with the only requirement being depositing 500 dollars. you can just set up a routine that they have which are transfers that are either scheduled or based on a particular activity like you could say when i get a direct deposit depo- withdraw at all your direct deposit would count as your $500 deposit, assuming that your direct deposit is bigger than $500, and immediately pull it out or immediately move it somewhere else or leave it there if you want to. And other plans have account numbers. And honestly, they're, they're starting to become a better feasible bank account, and which is really interesting because these are all things they originally had. They originally didn't require the credit card to get their top spend. They originally didn't require the positive cash flow. They originally had account numbers for their plans. I don't know. I don't really, I don't realize why I'm just piecing this together, but they're just going back to what they had already. They're literally just regressing to the product that they had before, which really begs the question of how much was Hatch, their previous bank partner, hurting them. Because now they're able to forego all of these requirements that they had before. And assumably, they're able to, Stay poz- stay net positive in their bottom line, and able to afford to do this. Really interesting things happened with H. Bradley. I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, it kind of sucks. They were really pushing the credit card for a while, and they justified the credit card fee, which was originally sixty dollars. Most people forget there was an annual fee of sixty bucks, and they were saying, "Well, with that sixty bucks, you get access to the best industry leading API, which at the time was three percent." And I was like, "All right, honestly, that's kind of fair. It's waived the first year anyway." let's stick with it. And then before the first year even hit for me, I had the fee refunded and they removed the fee entirely from the card. And, but they still required it to, to get the top tier. You had to either have the card or spend $500 a month on it. And now they're just removing that, which is really, really curious. But I I do like H Bradley as a product. I think they're doing great things. The routines actually works pretty well. It is really annoying that they advertise these features and they're not available on web on the mobile apps, only on the website. Which I get as a peek behind the scenes. I'm a I'm a computer engineer, so I, I get web development's quicker, and you don't have to wait on Google and you don't have to wait on Apple to approve your features. But dude, just release them all at the same time. Like delay it, delay the web, or don't announce it. Maybe just soft release it and don't make the announcement until it's live on every platform. I think it's a bad look when they're out of sync on each site. h and if one of you were listening, uh, Jack, if you're listening, or uh, Zach, if you're listening, Wolfie, maybe take things to the heart. I, I think it's a bad look from an engineering standpoint. Your products should all be synced across everything. Wait for it all to be approved. Then announce it. Maybe soft release it on web. Then announce it once it's available on all products. That's just my opinion. Anyway, rambles over. Let's move on from H Bradley. I would be actually be interested. Maybe I'll toss in a a question, a and A on the Spotify podcast. Do you think H and Bradley is a competitive product? Do you have any interest in it? Do you think that the people in Doctor of Credit saying it's useless are founded? I mean, four point seven percent is pretty great, and all you have to do is just deposit five hundred bucks. I mean, damn! If you have your direct deposit going in there again, you qualify. If you just have a five hundred dollar deposit in there from anywhere you qualify all right let's move on next kind of sad news well not sad and kind of small but that not, not doesn't bode well for the card but the Venturex they just made an announcement not retroactive but effective immediately that the $300 travel credit so if you don't know Venturex comes with a $300 travel credit for their card where if you make purchases on the Capital One portal which is powered by Hopper you get a $300 credit off of your purchases. And that would come in the form of a statement credit. So you'd make the purchase on your credit card. And then on your credit card statement, you would get a $300 credit. So just like a negative 300 basically dollars of payment towards the card negating the purchase. What was nice about that is you could earn cash back on the purchase. So if you're purchasing a, a hotel or a car that's 10x back or 10%. If it was a flight, it would be 5% back or 5x. And then in addition, that purchase you can use to redeem one cent per point for a um, travel eraser. So you can take your rewards, redeem one cent per point against travel purchases for a statement credit. So you can kind of quote unquote double dip, which I guess maybe they wanted to stop because you would get a negative $300 in the account to cover the charge. And then you can also use your rewards to cover that same charge. And they decided that the way to to stop this would be to just turn the $300 travel credit into a coupon that is applied at checkout on the travel portal. And I don't like this. I've talked to uh, how do I want to say this? I think that their objective was to make the credit clearer. Because when you go and purchase things on the portal, it doesn't specifically say that you're getting a $300 travel credit. So the customer might not be aware. So their their mind's probably like, well, we can just say the coupon's applied right there, and show the $300. You can get the same benefit without having to say it's a coupon. You can just show at the end. You already have a tracker in the app that says under benefits, if you've used $300 credit or not, just put that on the page at checkout. Don't make it a coupon. Now with the coupon, I can't get my cash back on my purchase, which could be 15 or $30 every month or every year. I can't redeem my, my miles for that purchase at one cent per point. So now it's harder to cash out those points. In addition, there's a weird scenario where let's say my anniversary is in August. Let's say I make a purchase in July for a refundable hotel let's say in for that and that hotel will be in October, let's say in September, I have to cancel the flight and I get it refunded. And that purchase originally uses the coupon. That coupon, since it's now past my anniversary date, if it's from the previous anniversary date, that coupon expires. So Even if I get a refund of the purchase, I don't get that coupon back. While previously, the statement credit would remain on your account. Maybe this is what Capital One wants to do and not let you have that credit if you do make the refund after the fact, but it it doesn't feel great. And I know a lot of people were gaming the system by making a purchase on the portal that's refundable, getting the $300 credit and instantly refunding it. That I knew never was going to last, but there was other ways to go about this and not the coupon way. I don't love this. I don't love there was no heads up. I don't love that it was just a pop-up in the app. I didn't even get a pop-up in the app. I saw it on Reddit first, and then I, I told Dr. Credit about it, and then they made a post about it. But I don't love this. In addition, it's just showing towards the devaluation they're doing towards the car. This is the second thing they've changed now. They already changed the priority pass, and now they're changing this. I mean, I see people blaring red flags again, just like H. M. Bradley saying, oh, because of this change. The VentureX is not worth it anymore. I I still recommend it to almost all my friends. Anybody who says they want a travel card, I say, listen, if you're going to travel once a year and you don't mind purchasing on a portal, the VentureX is really great. It gives you access to really, honestly, very nice Capital One lounges if you're in the area. Priority Pass, yes, it doesn't give you Priority Pass restaurants. That's the change that they mentioned. But the $300 credit is fantastic. It's just a little bit... It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but it's not to the point where I wouldn't recommend the card anymore. I still think it's great. Also, update on H.R. Bradley. I misspoke. You earn 4.7% up to half a million dollars because they have two banking partners. Um, I don't know if they specify who they're banking part. Oh, they do. Um, no, they don't. Or maybe that's because I have a no, I do have a joint bank account and a personal account, but that shouldn't be why it's up to half a million. That's interesting. I they, they must have another banking partner that I'm aware of. I know it's New York Community Back, M Y C B. Um I don't see who else they quote as being their partner. So it's curious that they're allowed to do half a million. So I, I personally wouldn't put more than half a million in there. But that's just food for thought. Let me see if I can find some documentation on their FDIC insurance. Yeah, so right on their site, our deposits FDIC insured. h m deposits are FDIC insured up to a quarter of a million for deposits for each account ownership category, individual and joint provided by our banking partner New York Community Bank. So, even though they're paying APY on half a million, you only insured up to a quarter million. I wonder if it says half a million because I have two accounts. But if that's true that, that they should not call that out. I'm actually gonna ask them that. I I'm, I'm curious to see if other people are seeing that. Anyway, moving on. Moving on from VentureX, moving on from HM Bradley. A small note, something that I get an email about. Tree card. If you're not familiar with Tree Card, they were some kind of green startup that Every time you make a purchase you can like plant the tree or some nonsense. Just kinda greenwashing. I think that they are actually doing some nice things, they they're trying to plant a bunch of trees. But I I never really used the card. I think that there was also a, a decent way to use it for uh PayPal bill play bill pay. I think it earned like one percent of purchases and I think that they didn't code out PayPal Bill Pay for a while, but they announced that they're closing the card I think in November. What date did they specifically say? They said October 9th, so pretty soon. Um, Pretty unique card design. It was a piece of plastic in the center with veneer wood on both sides, so pretty neat. But they did announce that they're closing the debit card, but they did say they're potentially introducing a credit card in the future, which, I mean, I'm a credit card collector, let's be honest, so that sounds interesting to me. I mean, I don't know if they'll prove me, but hey, I'd love that image on my site cleed listen up if they offer it i'd love that anyway next there's two bank account bonuses that i'm trying to go for um, one of them is with chartway federal credit union it's a uh, nationwide 200 dollar signup bonus for a 500 hundred dollar deposit any deposit 10 debit transactions and turning out e-statements within the first month You can credit card fund one dollars per account and you have to open up the primary share account as well as a checking account to qualify for the sign up bonus. And you also have to make a ten dollar deposit or ten dollar donation to be eligible to join the credit union. My application went pending sounds like they're pretty check sensitive, but you can give it a shot. It's pretty worth it, especially if your checks isn't too bad like mine is. Next is another two hundred dollars sign-up bonus, which is just for a hundred dollars direct deposit in ninety days. This one I had to go into incognito for the application to let me submit it. But this is for Bethpage Credit Union. It was originally for New York only, but they purchased a, I think, a charter bank or something that allowed them to open it up nationwide. So now this is open nationwide, and it expires tomorrow, actually. From what I am remembering, I believe it's September fifteenth is the last day. Let me check the terms. Yep, so open an account by September 15th. So, today's your last day. If you're listening to this, this is recorded on the 14th. I plan on getting it out tonight. It's almost 10 p.m. my, my time. So, if you want it, you better get on this. It's a pretty easy account. Mine actually got approved instantly. Um, I have my account number. So, boo. Another thing I remember... What episode was this that I commented on? First Commonwealth. Let's see. Uh, first Commonwealth. Episode 9. They opened up an account for me back in, actually a month ago, August 14th. I opened an account, and I do this thing where I I opened the account, and you're, you have to be in Pennsylvania or New, New Jersey. I don't currently live there, but I give a, a prior residence I have, and that, that seems to work. But when I opened the account, I got approved, but they didn't give me a member number or an account number, so I couldn't open up an account online, so I was just waiting for the papers to come in. But i called and they told me that the letter that they sent me has been denied by the usps saying wrong address and mailed back to them so that's annoying and they said that they can't change it and they can't give me my member number over the phone and they said they try mailing it again and call back if there's an issue so i called back today i was able to talk to the member that approved my account initially and they she resubmitted my docusign and in there was my member id so i should be able to make an account now I'm actually going to do that after this podcast is over. But that's happy ending for me. The account is opened. I think I have 60 or 90 days to direct deposit um $1000. Oh, any deposit actually. It doesn't have to be direct deposit. So that should be easy. Yeah, within 60 days. So I just got to make a deposit over there for a grand. Which should be easy. And then finally some update on wealth front. I was my company that I work for has associate stock purchasing plan where I can buy shares at, at a discounted price for my company. And I instantly sell them just to take the discount. It's basically a, a little bit of a raise for me. But since I changed from Juno to Wealthfront, I had to give E-Trade my new Wealthfront account. And when I did that, it seemed to go through. I submitted the trial deposits, which went through fine. I verified them, and I initiated the transfer from E-Trade to Wealthfront. Lo and behold, I didn't see the transfer in about a week. So I went back and said my account was locked. And I was like, all right, geez, let's give them a call. Turns out they didn't like my new account. They didn't like Wealthfront. They wanted me to send them a the most recent bank statement for Wealthfront, which thankfully they issued me one. And they wanted me to send a screenshot with my account numbers and my name in the app because they couldn't verify that I was the owner of the account. Unfortunately, within Wealthfront, there's no screen, even on the web, that shows both my full name and my account number. And on my, the bank statement, it doesn't have my full account number there. So there's there's no way for me to get them what they want. And I submitted the documents. I told the representative about this with E-Trade. And he was like, well, this, this isn't good enough. We still need a screenshot or something that has your name and account number. So digging through Wealthfront accounts, since they offer things like the, the checking account as well as an investing account, you have a broader Wealthfront account ID as well as a account number for your checking account. And I'm able to get my Wealthfront account ID and my name in a screenshot, but I'm not able to get my Wealthfront checking account account number and my name. So I send that over. I tell the guy. He looks at the screenshot. And he's like, why is this account number different? I'm like, bro, I just told you that there's multiple accounts. I, every, <laughs> anytime I think of this, I, there's a there's a Kevin Hart skit where he, at the end, is like, hey, listen. It's like a, I got to check in a savings account. And my money's in my checking account. It's in my savings account. But it's got to go over to my checking. And whenever I make this joke, no one gets my niche references. But that's whatever I think of when I when I talk about this. I'm like, bro, there's two accounts. There's a broader account. There's a parent account with an account ID. And then there's a the checking account number. I don't have what you want. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'll we'll be able to approve this. The E-Trade guy. So he puts me on hold for like 10 minutes. I'm on the call for like 30, 35 minutes. And he comes back and he's like, oh, give me a phone number. I'll call you back with an update. I give him my phone number. And he's like, oh, here's an update. You got approved. I'm like, bro, all this just to, just to approve me in the end after 45 minutes. But anyway, happy ending and the end result. It was kind of a pain, but my, my Wealthfront is hooked up to my e- for E-Trade account all is well in the world. I, when I sat down to do this podcast, I did not expect it to be 32 minutes. I can't believe I've rambled for this long. Hopefully you like it. I don't know. I, I feel like I talk too much. So I, I, some action items I have is to see why my account shows I can earn interest up to half a million. See, I, I wonder if it's just because I have a, a, a checking account, but let me write this down. Action, action items, 500K HMB, Uh, get Kevin Hart skit, if anyone's interested, I'll try to put the Kevin Hart skit, Um, and I think that's it, again, if you're interested in supporting the the show, there's a podcast, there's a Patreon for the podcast, it's only a dollar a month if you're interested in... Signing up, you get access to my document where I write my upcoming episodes. You could have seen most of the details ahead of time. I will shout out one thing. If you're interested in getting a close to free iPhone 15, go subscribe to the Daily Churn Podcast Deal Alerts. He just published a deal alert in there that gives a great walkthrough on how to get a free iPhone 15. I probably won't personally do it. Maybe I'll do it for my mom because I don't use iPhones, but it's a pretty great deal if you're interested or in the market for something like that. It's only $5 to sign up. You could try it one month, do this deal, get a free iPhone 15, and cancel if you want. Just trying to support Kai and his ventures. He's helped me a lot. So shout-outs to Kai. Again, shout-outs to Cleed. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great night, and I'll talk to you all later.